Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Good evening, good morning, whenever you are watching or listening, hello, I am Matt Norlander, co-host of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. We're giving you another quickie reaction. We did this three weeks ago on a Friday night when Arizona walked into Durham and beat Duke, and I, it, Friday night was just an incredible night for sports across the board, uh, and, and you know, you had the Pac-12 football game, big night for purple teams. Northwestern gets it done over Purdue, I'm going to open on that. Washington Huskies, they're going to go to the college football playoff. And then Kansas outlasted UConn. So this is going to be quick. It's just me. Uh, it's just too good. Didn't want to have to make you wait until Sunday. Obviously, GP and I are going to get back into this on Sunday. But we were treated to one hell of a, of a Friday night here. So Nada's got the uh, the stats for both these games. He'll bring them up on the screen shortly here. Let's just open on Northwestern over Purdue. And as I did with the Arizona Duke quickie pod, this is all just, it is truly instant reaction. I don't have notes here. I've got stats. I watched both of these games in full. It was a three-screen night in the Norlander household. So Northwestern wins 92-88 in overtime. The fact that it even got to overtime was a feat unto itself by Purdue, which needed a couple of really great calls and plays by Painter. Mason Gillis threw uh, an absurdly accurate pass to Zach Eady in the closing seconds of regulation, and Eady put it in to get it even to a bonus session. Uh, didn't matter. Ultimately, Northwestern wins behind Boo Booey. For the second time in the year 2023, Northwestern has beaten number one ranked Purdue. Those are the only two wins in program history over a number one team. It has come in the same venue against the same team. And in both of these games, Boo Booey has been an outright star on Friday night. Our man in purple went for 31 points, had nine dimes, four rebounds. I'll also note that Northwestern was doing this down the stretch of regulation and into overtime with massive massive foul trouble. Uh, Nicholson fouled out with five. Hunger came off the bench. He fouled out with five. Bowie had four. Barry had four. Barnheiser had four. And Preston had four. Chris Collins getting this win was unreal. How does it happen? They only had three 
turnovers in the game. Credit to my buddy Jeff Borzello. I saw him tweet this. Purdue in overtime alone had four. It might have even had five, but it had more in the bonus session than Northwestern had over the course of 45 minutes. That is a seed line bump win for Northwestern. Last season, the win basically propelled the Wildcats uh, to a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. We are obviously much earlier into this season, but this Northwestern team doing well for itself. Only one loss so far this season. We'll see where it can go from here. On the Purdue end of this, Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, will anyone on the vast wide internet find any kind of joy or, or schadenfreude in, in Purdue losing as the number one team in the country? That's the big question that we take into the weekend, don't we? Uh, not at all whatsoever. Edie, in this game, he goes for 35 points, 14 rebounds. But just like how Purdue got knocked out by FDU in the tournament... I understand that lawyer and, and Smith and Braden Smith, they combine, they go for 29 points. But if you watch the game... You will know that, again, the guards had moments where they let this team down. Uh, some bad turnovers, some bad decisions. Uh, it's a it's a hostile environment. It's a Big Ten opponent. Chris Collins is a good coach, and they're familiar with it. Uh, a lot of factors go into this. But if we're going to just step back and, you know, peel away from the minutiae and just say, okay, here we are with Purdue, uh, Northwestern, not a ranked team, not necessarily projected to for sure be an NCAA tournament team going into this. Why is Purdue finding itself in these kinds of situations where it is playing uh, smaller teams? Northwestern is still figuring out its pieces and it's coming out on the losing end. Yeah, it's more than just playing in a hostile environment. Uh, ED cannot always carry the load. Trey Kaufman Wren only had three points in this game. Uh, Lance Jones, he fouled out. He had 10. His foul out was kind of rough. Boo booey. Um, he, he he put the butt out on a transition play. Uh, Jones didn't see it coming. He got called for the foul. For Purdue fans that want to gripe with that, I, I agree with you, but you know, you know that is not why your team lost. Um, Northwestern had much, much more foul trouble than you. This game was captivating. I, I, for a good minute there, it looked like Kansas-UConn was going to be the better game, and it was a really good one, and I'll get to that in just a second. But for Northwestern to to keep its composure like this and to and to just continually have answers. Uh, Welsh Ryan is a great gym. I don't know how many people watching or listening have ever been there. It got redone, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. I went after the refurbishing. It is one of the better barns in the Big Ten. And if you watch the game, you could even tell that at that place sounded on television like it was probably... I want to say a 60-40 Northwestern split. Obviously, Purdue's got a really good fan base. Plenty of graduates and sidewalk alumni live in uh, the Windy City, so they're going to show up and fill that place plenty. So it provided a quasi-home court atmosphere for for Northwestern. Um, great, great win. Purdue, you know, there are still some more tweaks and things that need to be done. And I have faith that Painter will do it. Results like this, I'm I'm... I'm very aware that when Purdue loses these kinds of games, the people that just want to tap the brakes on this idea, like Matt Painter, we said it on the pod plenty. He is considered one of the 10 best coaches in the sport. I personally also consider him to be that. When you look at really in the macro, what Painter has done in the totality of his career at Purdue, but really in the past five to eight years, the tournament results aren't there, but percentages against ranked competition, what he's done in the Big Ten, it's kind of undeniable. But I get it. These kind of losses, while they're under, like if we look forward six weeks down the road and Purdue only has two losses, and this is one of them, like it's going to be understandable after the fact. But in the moment here, as I tape a 
taping a podcast at 12 11 eastern uh you know minutes removed from this yeah it's a little it's a little tough to swallow purdue is not forcing teams over nearly enough northwestern only having three on on friday was a big one but this team ranks near the bottom in the entire country in in getting teams to cough the ball up and i think that's a major major thing now for purdue on the schedule it's going to turn around on monday and play iowa so we'll talk about that obviously on the sunday show then it's got bama on a neutral and then it's got zona and that's in indianapolis and that game was trending toward being number one versus number two now arizona's got to play colgate on saturday and if it wins zona is going to move to the number one team in the country um if purdue doesn't lose between now in December 16 and get some help with, you know, Marquette's got to play Wisconsin on Saturday. Marquette losing, right? Um, Kansas has got some tough ones. UConn's got a few. There's still, a, what I'm getting at is there's still a chance that game could be number one versus two, um, which is obviously always a big thing whenever it happens. It would be the 43rd time we've had it in men's D1 college basketball. If not, uh, it's still a decent chance it'll be top five, uh, but Purdue's going to have to get out of its own way against Alabama. And of course, it's got to play Iowa at home. We will see on that. Um, to me, it, it's, it is about the Northwestern win and getting it the way that it did. Um, they slowed the pace down and uh, or they, they typically slow the pace down. But in this one, they played to 80 possessions, did Northwestern and uh, and win 92 to 88. Just the adaptability here was outstanding. Northwestern finished at 1.15 points per possession. I told you these are going to be quickie pods and this is all off the cuff right away. So nada, let's go. Word from our sponsors on the back end. I we have to at least quickly address Kansas versus UConn. So Nada, toss it up, and I'll check you on the other side here. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, before I get into Kansas, UConn, the chat is is alive. And, and I'll be honest, um, we were debating doing this because it is it's after midnight on the East Coast. But your your responses from our live viewership is telling us that uh, that you do like this. So we again, as needed, we're in this weird window like Saturday is going to be a huge day in college football and then football Sunday. But the, once once Northwestern got the win, it just felt too big of a night to kind of let this sit on the shelf. So to the, uh, to everyone in the comments passing along their gratitude, uh, appre appreciate it. My, my wife is, my wife went to bed two and a half hours ago. My kids were in bed, you know, right. Even before Washington and Oregon even it kicked off in the PAC 12 title game. So, uh, so, you know, I appreciate the notes and, uh, and happy to do it here. Okay. Uh, not if you've got the uh, if you've got the stat broadcast box score on UConn, Kansas, let's get into that. It's a top five affair. It goes down at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. This game started with Kansas um, absolutely in control early. And it and it was a hornet's nest. 
And then credit to UConn because I'd say from, and this is just broad, uh, you know, just uh, an overview from 10,000 feet. First eight minutes were Kansas's final four to five minutes were Kansas's and everything in between was UConn. So Kansas started strong, ended strong credit to the Huskies for really steadying themselves. And the overwhelming portion of this goes to Tristan Newton. KU fans, I'm getting to you for a great win, but let me just deal with the losing team here first because Tristan Newton going for 31 points. He hit six, three pointers. He had six boards, uh, played 38 minutes. He, I, I entered the night and I kind of talked about this a few shows back thinking that Tristan Newton really might be UConn's best player on balance this season uh, with Caravan and Klingon. There are certainly cases to be had. I'm there all the way. I'm there. I, I not just the triple doubles because he's handling the offense because he can distribute because he can rebound. He hit what four? <laughs> did he hit four three pointers as the shot clock was expiring in this game in hostile territory? Tristan Newton is why this game did not end with a double digit margin in favor of Kansas there. So outstanding from him. Caravan fouled out on a tough one as well. So two losing teams tonight fouling out on a tough one there. Um, that sequence, you had Cam Spencer take a three that, and this is near the end of the game. I don't think he needed that three. He was open, but he was almost from NBA range. And I don't think he was beating the shot clock there. It was a four point game when he took it. And in the flow of that play, I thought that UConn could get a better shot, but he took it, didn't have it. He was playing hurt all night. Credit to him, Spencer. I mean, he shot two of 12. He gutted through it, uh, but he didn't have his best. And then after that, Caravan was going for the loose ball. He got swiped and got his fifth, and he was done for. Klingon had eight points, seven boards. Uh, I think it's fair in light of this, all things considered, just to say, you know, Klingon did a decent job on on Dickinson, who finished with 15 points, nine boards. Those are below his averages for sure. And 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 Dickinson wound up with four fouls. And you could tell there were certain points where Hurley wanted to really key in on him. But I'd say you you want Klingon to be a little bit bigger in games like this. And the fact that he wasn't, I don't think, is troubling for the big picture. But maybe you almost need to go through these kind of uh, these kind of trials and tribulations to make sure that you're better. Because I'll tell you what, Klingon's going to be in it in a major way in some hostile Big East venues later this season. And as the starting big man with the target on his back, it almost it can even allow for Newton and Caravan to do more of their thing. He needs to pick up a little bit more. Obviously, you kind of out of full strength. Stephon Castle didn't play in this game. And you've got some young guys who they're young guys. I, I do come away impressed that UConn was able to keep this game this close. I, I think it was really impressive. And when Hurley and that staff go back and watch this film, um, I think they will walk away about as satisfied as they could be with this score. As for KU, really impressive to gather itself and make sure that it could make the push back. It shot better, shot 50% from the field, um, shot 64%, hit nine of its 14 three-point attempts. Uh, each team only had eight turnovers overall. And for Dickinson to play, I'd give this... To me, this felt like a C plus, maybe B minus night for Dickinson. Kevin McCall, I, I said a preseason, and I'm not shifting off it. Kevin McCullough Jr. is the most important player on this roster. When he's four times the defender that Dickinson is. He hits he hits six three-pointers, including a rainbow shot from the corner that felt like the dagger. Uh, he finished with 21 points, five boards. 36 minutes. KJ Adams, credit to this young man. I mean, he, I, I so enjoy watching him play. And then I heard on the telecast, uh, Chris Budden say that 
he after this game he was getting on a on a flight to go to Texas. He's got he's got his mother's you know service tomorrow. Um, to play like this with a heavy heart and to be a, a clinching player down the stretch. KJ Adams, absolute standing ovation. Round of applause to you in this game and what you've been dealing with. Um, really, really impressed. Um, McCullough was was. Uh, I think Newton was the best player on the floor, but McCullough was a close two in this one. And KU now, as we look at this, let me bring up their schedule here real quick. So Kansas goes to Maui, can't get out of there with the title, but it's completely reasonable. They, you know, they get played out, they get outplayed by Marquette, but they they get a win over Tennessee there. The reason why this is big is KU, remember, KU had the Chaminade first round matchup in Maui. So you don't get a D1 opponent regardless, uh, but now has wins over Kentucky, Tennessee, and Connecticut. Uh, none are in a road environment, but the Kentucky game and the Tennessee ones were on neutral floors. And then you get UConn here, Kansas schedule upcoming UMKC, Missouri, and then Indiana. Um, the defense, I can't get out of here without mentioning the defense, which was extremely, extremely impressive. Um, Bill self did a wonderful job, a wonderful job game planning for this. I thought the winning team, I said this on CBS sports HQ spotlight earlier on Friday on, uh, on CBS sports network. I thought the winning team was going to get to 75 here because of how good UConn was on the interior, because how well Kansas passes the ball and Kansas rating as a top two team overall in shooting heading into this game. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be this low scoring. Uh, the rims also sounded tight if you watched the game there. Um, just a wonderful Friday night. Uh, Big East Big 12 having a series really came through. And then, we, we, you know, we didn't mention this on the Friday morning show, but conference play is starting uh, around the country this weekend and, and Northwestern having the home opportunity to open up that league ledger against Purdue gave us uh, just a terrific uh, pair of college basketball games on a night where I'm all too aware and credit to the, the college troops hardcores that are tuning into this live on a Friday. Again, I appreciate the comments and everything that's rolling in here. Uh, a big, big football night on a big football weekend. College basketball did well for itself to have uh, these two very noisy outcomes. Kansas wins as a favorite uh, and, and Northwestern wins as an underdog. We'll have more on this, obviously, on Sunday's show. Um, but thank you uh, so much for, for tuning in. We, if you want to go, if you have, if you're watching or listening to this and you haven't gotten to the Friday show, please go back and listen to that for a number of reasons. But we do a more uh, widespread preview of the weekend there. Northwestern, congrats on a win. That's the kind of thing that can just, even if your season was on the right track, now you're on the fast one. To building an NCAA tournament resume again, maybe, maybe we're one game in. Maybe we don't have as much separation between Purdue and the rest of the Big Ten. That remains to be seen. And for UConn, there's no shame in losing this game. I talked to Dan Hurley recently about even getting this game. He was so happy of the opportunity. Now UConn's got to turn around. I will see that team in New York City. They play in the Jimmy V Classic against another blue blood, North Carolina. And there's still another big game waiting in a couple of weeks against Gonzaga. So we'll have plenty more opportunities to see what UConn's made of. To everyone that tuned in, we appreciate you. If you enjoy this kind of stuff, please mention it in the comments here. and Find us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a nice little review. I've been Matt Norlander. We'll be back with a full show and more reaction from both these games from myself and, of course, Gary Parrish on Sunday night. Until then, take care. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.